and we are live! Look at that. I'm so cold, but my knees are still visible because I am a Floridian and we wear shorts. Look, I match. You match! Not at all. <laughs> I mean, it's like an aqua and an aqua. Hi, everybody. I am the Sussman, Rick Sussman, joined as always by the original Angry Nerd Girl herself, Elle Lestrange. We are Floridians. It is 50 degrees outside. We are dying. On this week's episode... I know. <laughs> on this week's, in your bones. In your bones. Hang on, we got a brand new microphone, so I apologize. i got to adjust the settings a little bit. Brand new mic. I do not need a mic. You can actually hear me from across the hall. L, L, however, speaks at a decibel that most mice do not actually comprehend. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we got her a microphone. That's a little bit more substantial. Aww. Onyx! Onyx, please stop! He booped the button on oh, the screen. Oh, God, I hate him so much. With his little tiny nose. I hate these cats. Please don't, please don't ruin that microphone that I painstakingly set up, Onyx. Okay, good. All right, everybody, we have a massive, massive read pile for you guys this week. Tons of books to review. Number of cats definitely going to annoy me. Mm -hmm. Probably in the threes. But typically on the read pile, we like to discuss the goings-on in the nerd world or, you know, have some small talk or things like that. But not this week. There's plenty to talk about. Peacemaker has been fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, there's already uh, discussions of an extended DCEU universe within the universe of HBO and all kinds of fun stuff. Batmite has been confirmed. Uh, all kind I, I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want... <sighs> now, if there was the 90s, it would be very, like, cartoony version right, that right. they would they, insert into, like, like, like kind of like how the Looney Tunes movies yeah. are. Uh, but I feel like they would probably go more realistic. Yeah, I mean, Starro looked great, yeah. so maybe Batmite could be... And if Batmite exists, that means that Mr. Bisiplex must exist as well. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, they're both no, fifth-dimensional beings. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, what's better? Well, Batmite, 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 Batmite likes to consider himself a hero. He's just annoying. Yes. Mr. Bisiplex is an actual villain. Yeah, I think what it is is I put Batmite in the same category as Scrappy-Doo. Like... <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Batmite so. is the cousin who shows up three seasons into the show. <laughs> like this guy. Yeah. Will Smith's mom is now Will Smith's aunt. Or uh, anyway, that was a Fresh Prince reference. But my point is, is that we don't really have time to discuss all these things because, holy God, we have a lot of books to get to. Hmm. Are you ready? Yes. Shall Mine I, yeah. is not as bad. A word. Both. Compared yeah. to my, like, previous piles, piles uh -huh. that I've seen worse. Right. And also compared to yours. <laughs> this week. So so you did read Nubia, A Real One, and Wonder Woman Tempest Toss this week? Oh, shut up. <laughs> you didn't read any, like, trades over there. <laughs> I, I basically have a trade. Yes. <laughs> God damn it. All right, what do you got on your read pile this week, Ella Strange? All right. Once again, I don't know what pick... Oh, so this is a no. I, this is a no. This is particular a, order. Yes, I will. I will present the feelings at the end. Uh, so it's just going to be Supergirl. I'm just. I'm just going to go in order of what I read. Okay. Sometimes I go by the feeling of the covers. Who knows? Whatever. Okay. Uh, 
All right, everybody, this is blue. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Of fucking cats All right, this is blue and gold. <laughs> This is issue five of eight. This has been a uh, rip-roaring good time for you. You've had a lot of fun with it. Uh-huh. Uh, Rip Hunter, of course, is a time traveler, as I know. Tell us about the issue here. Somebody says daddy. <laughs> wait, are, are we, wait, 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 wait. Are we, are we canonically in the, saying that? In the, in the beginning, yes. he's like, my dad needs my help. <laughs> so... Booster or Blue Beetle is Rip Hunter's dad? I, I believe so. Oh it my is what I'm god. What a revelation. Like, I, I'm I'm like, holy shit. I Guys! There must be something maybe I don't know about, but if you're paper. surprised about it. Like, I am surprised about it. Seems my father. Yeah. Needs help. Oh, and he goes to help Blue and. Uh, okay. Ah. Give me a piece of paper to crumple up. I gotta get these cats oh, out of here. There's there's three of them and they're all oh. near a lot of comics and statues. Look, 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 she does not have long enough legs to make that jump. She can't do it. There they go. All right. Beautiful, Frankie. Beautiful. Oh, Frankie, she did. It. She got it. She's a sausage. <laughs> all right. So Booster and uh, so Rip Hunter is coming to the rescue of his daddy. Yeah, yeah. Because <clears throat> basically, at the last in the last issue. Uh, you remember that they decided that they're going to do their own little business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, uh, obviously they're not going to charge because right. that's not what a hero does. Right. But they are depending on maybe some wealthy individuals needing yes. help yes. to uh, maybe fund. You know, where you at, Bruce? As a thank you. Where you at? Uh, no, but t- no, I mean just like people on the streets. Right oh, okay. So yes, you get the the comedic. Uh, feature of like people that are in line and their stories and where they're coming from a lot of them they're just like yeah this guy's just crazy <laughs> you know or like an alien they can't even understand like how do you even help this <laughs> this person <laughs> uh so a lot of little uh things and everything but um in line guess who there is oh tell me guess who's back who's back who's back uh omnizon omnizon am i omnizon? saying it right am i saying it right this is how you omnizon she was in. She was in issue three. Well, what? Okay, issue, okay. Uh, I'm not reading the book. How am I supposed to? But you don't remember anything. Oh, it was three months ago. Oh. Anyway. All right. She's back. She's pissed because. The, Wait, is she the Omni idea... Amazon? Is she the Omnizon? No, it's like some other planet, whatever. Oh, right. Anyway, uh, so the idea is <laughs> that confirm. their ancestor basically. Uh, um, laid claim to Earth, I don't know if it was actually referred to as Earth back then, like over like 70,000 years ago. And so she is saying that she is the rightful ruler of Earth. Okay. Uh, and that's where this whole battle had become. Uh, and so now she's back and she's like, I'm pissed off. I'm going to take you guys apart and I'm going to take over this world. Uh, and that's why... Rip Hunter shows up because mm. he's like, "Look, there's some important things going on. Big you need, things? yeah, you need to leave. You can't disturb these people. Okay. You cannot take over Earth." And of all people, she's just like, "Okay." <laughs> Rip Hunter like, has that kind of juice. 
Because he's like a time master. Like you, you mm-hmm. listen to it's a, a time, fucking time you, master. Time, when a time master shows up, that does tend to mean shit has hit the fan. Doesn't mean that she's not going. It's she like doesn't have something up her sleeve or whatever. Like so those meatball people. Yeah. So you have like this. Then that's that's where the series now starts to get dark. Ah. Uh, you know, it's not funny anymore. Like this, they are pretty much to the point where they're gonna have to fight for their death. No. Oh. And that's kind of like I think is what's being portrayed here one of them must die yeah i don't i don't know i don't know if one of them has to die who knows but it's there's there's a lot there's a lot okay and i'm pretty excited Mm -hmm. you know where this is going it it wanted to have that like light-hearted like haha story and and everything you know they got their business and all but it's then this huge twist and it's crazy what's a twist it's a twist and what's next on your replay? Again, in no particular order. Nubia and the Amazons is issue four of six. We love our limited series. Is, is, is. I do. Um, and I think I'm still happy with this story being a limited one, but I want to read more of Nubia. I really do. You know, there's a trade. Yes. I know. <laughs> It's hard for me to sit down and like read a trade because I feel like I have to dedicate the next two hours because I'm not just gonna read like a quarter of it, eh, go back. Eh. No, I like I, either I gotta sit there and read the whole damn thing or <laughs> or nothing at all. So tell us about Nubia. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> it, it you're starting to get more of that feel where the more Amazons are starting to question. Uh, the Well of Souls. If you remember, yes, the Well of where, Souls where like, had, from, yeah. had like basically you know gone to sleep or whatever for quite some time, and now it's opened back up, and many are coming through, and they're starting to question like, well, what about the uh, filtration <laughs> system? Like, is everybody coming in like a good person? You know, oh, or, yeah, it, good so they're wondering. You know, is it just Medusa that's like after them, or is it just, or you know, whatever? So you know, Ares is going to show up. But that's the thing: is the women that are coming through the well have gone through unimaginable torture mm. in their previous life. They've undergone, uh, you know, just physical, emotional traumas, Trauma. and, and so this is them being. The, I guess the well is supposed to cleanse them of that mm. and, you know, bring them to the mascara where they can, you know, learn who they truly are kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, and they play their part in the society there. So, um, it's, it's, it's very, very complex. And I love the idea that Nubia just has all the stuff that she has to deal with at the, the same time because it's showing how a queen has to basically take care of the mascara. Yeah. And um, we actually do start to um, learn a little bit more about Medusa. They start to question about, well, okay, Medusa came here. Mm-hmm. Does that mean, I mean, if she could come and we're seeing her as a bad person then other bad people could be coming through the well or if you think or yes and we actually do learn she's just a gorgon gorgons aren't necessarily good or evil gorgons are gorgons aren't even people she gorgons are gorgons we do learn a bit of her backstory and it's 
It's horrible. <laughs> most of the Greek, most of the Greek <laughs> mythology is really it, it sums up to this: um, a beautiful woman got Zeus's eye. Hera got pissed and turned her into a giant vaping bladder in the middle of the Pacific. Change the names, but yes. <laughs> I mean, Charybdis and Scalia were just women that Zeus was like, "Wow, these chicks is hot." And Hera was like, uh-uh, I'm going to make them ugly. And one of them's going to be a giant bladder, and the other one's going to have all these crazy arms. I read The Odyssey when I was a kid. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but, it, you if know. If Zeus could have kept it in his pants. Also, Hera seems to be taking her rage out on everyone who mat doesn't matter. Like, why is she going after the How dare you seduce my husband? Ma'am, your husband is literally the creator of the universe. Maybe I didn't seduce him. Well, stupid Zeus. It's it's pretty crazy, and you know, going back to where I'm talking about how she's having to deal with so many different things. Basically, it comes down to how she's like, "I'll face her on my own." Fair enough. I'm gonna go, and then I'm Nubia. going to Nubia's gonna face Nubia's gonna face Medusa because she knows she needs to. She should um, wear Ray Bans. <laughs> and then. Um, commercial. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, she needs to save. Uh, you, wait, wait, her. she's got a save face? She's got to, no, she's got to save one of her Amazons. So. Alright. Anyway. Very, very intense. It's going to be crazy. I can't wait. Uh, Speaking then, of the Amazons. Then, more. <laughs> we have Wonder Woman. This is 783 from Becky Cluden and uh, Tribe. Uh, apologies in advance. We didn't get to tag everybody in this week's episode because there's so many stinking books. But yes, uh, this is Wonder Woman 783. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you see her. She finally uh, runs into Steve Trevor. Hey. <laughs> after coming back from it's the Stevie. <laughs> Do you think they ever, like, sit around and be like, you remember that time I was dead? And then they go, hey, do you remember the time I was dead? Oh, but boy, what about this time I was dead? Well, uh, yeah, so that, they finally, you know, meet up or whatever and have their little moment. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Cisco, as he is known as now, uh, has decided to basically hire or bring on the Shining Knight. Yes. Uh, but the question, the big, big question is, who is it that's under all this? Fair enough. Uh, we don't know who it is yet. Shining Knight. We've not seen his can't, or her face. Can't help but think that Shining Knight is getting some pub at the exact same time that Black Knight over in Marvel is getting some pub, too. <laughs> nah, that, I, I'm not, I'm not. Anyway, please continue. No, there's no connection. No, um, and... <clears throat> It's it's just crazy. So you know he's throwing this guy out here to go after Wonder Woman, uh, and at the same time they're still trying to figure out where all of these, what the, she's referring to them as dupes. Dupes. Uh, the like, the other one, yeah, yeah, the images is is. They find out kind of like what they're really like, made of. It they're like they're they're very fragile. They're like glass. Yeah. They, you know yeah. and. Dead man looks down and he's like a mirror. No. <laughs> so, uh, Etta 
is able to kind of draw in on where this is all coming from and it's just it's crazy i mean you got steve trevor you got the shining knight you know wherever this all these dupes are coming from and they all just gotta work together and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's although it's almost like someone is a master of mirrors perhaps perhaps <laughs> so how are you so the Wonder Woman main main story is still good <clears throat> yep I will point out this 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 piece here okay uh, there is a part where they jump to a scene um, that clearly states that this takes place after Nubia number five yeah what issue was it that we just did for this week that was four that was four it's almost like maybe you shouldn't have <laughs> One of your major books be bi-weekly when there's a bunch of subsidiary books that rely on that major book as its tie-in, and you know, this has happened so many times. Like, well, you, we, it's like, happened. It's happened oh, twice in six months. Maybe was it was Not it fuck up or was this no. like a you know a teaser? Maybe it's a teaser. I don't, I don't know. know. What I read, you know, I, I guess you could see it as it being a teaser. I don't know. I hate when they do stuff like that. Like. Ugh. I, it I, also kind of ruined the next issue, issue for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm like, well, already, that would yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, there, there are flashback episodes of TV shows where you watch where like, yeah, I wonder if they survive. So, yeah, you kind of know going in that issue five is going to end the way, I don't know. I know. Moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, look! <laughs> no, it's another Wonder Woman book! Very, very heavy in the Amazons so this week. So many. Did you read Nubia? Did you read Tempest Talk? No! so much Wonder Woman. I'm just... <laughs> They're going to be my fill-ins. Like, when there's, like, a slowdown. Oh, we have... We, we, when, when is that? When do we have a slowdown? You ordered two books that don't exist this week. <laughs> you did. You walked out and you're like, Hey, I want this book. But I guarantee you, you don't have it. What is that, Ghoul Academy? No, Ghoul Agency. <laughs> so, it's from Action Lab. What the hell is Action Lab? I don't know. All right. Wonder Woman Evolution. This All is right. issue three of eight, by the way, by Steph Phillips um, and uh, what is his name? Hawthorne. Mike Hawthorne? Yes. Thank you. The way she is drawn yes. is really growing on me. Yeah. Especially for the story. Well, we mentioned that at the very beginning that she, she was drawn with a much more, like, uh, Greek lady physique. I can't yeah. think of the right terminology. But we mentioned that in, like, issue one, that she looked very realistic was, was I guess, the best way to go about it. Yeah. Uh, and so she continues. Uh, she, at this point, you, you already know from the last issue, um, she's been uh, brought in by these, like, Cosmic accusers saying that they're putting Earth on trial. I basically. love that name, the Cosmic Accusers. I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't think they actually gave him like a name. No, I just I like that. Know. That's what you went with. I think that's great. No, somebody else had said it, and I guess picked up on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am not that creative. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, uh, so um, you know they have chosen her to basically take the trial. Um, she accepts 
and now has to answer for mankind mm-hmm. for how they've treated Earth and themselves and others. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they... Um, are they allowed to continue to exist or will they be wiped out? I understand. Uh, and she has always been there to protect others, to protect everybody on earth. Um, and, and of course she's not going to turn this away. She's like, I will be there. I will be there to once again, you know, protect earth, Mm -hmm. you know, be it from whoever. Uh, and, the trial that they put her through in this issue is so majorly fucked up. (laughs) It has such a messed up turn to it. Mm. You get like this layer of like the, the background story that she has with this person that she has to face, uh, that makes it just even sadder, like crippling, more crippling. And then like the result of it is horrible. And then in the end, you just, you, you, you start to question are they actually putting Earth on trial, or, or is it her? Yeah, I can like, see that. I can see it it just seems very more direct yeah. <laughs> this time around. Uh, so I, I don't see that. I, maybe they're just being so realistic that she is representing Earth. Right. Like, whatever she does well, in she's the Earth's, she's Well, you know? she's Earth's but, champion in many ways. Yeah. Um, but it, it just seems like it's very personal, you know, in this one. I mean, it was it was the last time around, but but still, you know, the, the way it continues. Uh, but anyway. Yes. I am very excited, uh, and, I mean, I don't feel like... I feel like, obviously, we've jumped into action very quickly um and it's only three of eight but mm-hmm. i mean i think there's like still so much more yeah <laughs> yeah all right so this is issue three uh-huh. yes issue three of gillian march's laura uh-huh. Uh this is Laura uh, and other stories are we are we uh, are there any more other stories anymore is it just laura See, I was like, no, I don't think it is anything. I think it's more like when they say other stories, they mean other stories of Laura. Okay. You know, like her, like going through different like things in life. No, 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 this issue were other stories. There are yeah. other stories of, of Gillian Marsh, uh, and I thought it was awesome. I was actually very pleased, to, you know, start to see this. At first, yes, I was kind of pissed off. I was like, what the fuck? Where's Laura? You know. <laughs> I was like, no, I was so it's totally set. I know this is only issue three, but mm-hmm. I was already set because it was two issues back to back of the story of Laura. So I was ready to just keep reading about Laura. Okay. Okay, I was alright. And then all of a sudden now we have two short stories of his that have nothing, nothing to, to do, do with her. With Laura. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> the first one is called Irene. And it was part he, he he does mention on he, in here that it was part of Wait, an I, anthology I, I i gotta ask though huh when you first read the title of the issue did you say oh come on irene no oh my god that's why you were laughing because you didn't need to just tell that joke so badly <laughs> uh and so the anthology is called uh every artist is an island and um the story um, it's basically, uh, he is narrating, uh, mm-hmm. um, where he is talking to, um, one of his favorite artists 
um, about his art everything and it's like this back and forth where he's kind of judging himself mm -hmm. um by saying others might see you as you know kind of way i get that uh and so um he, you know he just kind of you know he he's reviewing and and kind of judging his own work and, and explaining it at the same time mm -hmm. um and uh and it's kind of like finding this, this journey in your head, like the, when you're talking to yourself yeah. about yourself, you know, uh, and it, it's just brought out into a comic book form. Right. Uh, and uh, it, it's, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was great being able to see inside his mind Yeah. Um, and understand um, where his creativity is coming from a little bit more. So I thought that was really cool. It is. Uh, he, it's even mentioned um, about how he will use a um, female character to portray himself. Yeah. And it's broken down, and that's kind of pulled away during that story. Yeah, the muse. The yeah. story of the muse. No, 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 no. That's oh, a different that's story. A, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So Because uh, I was sort of thumbing through. Granted, I'm not yeah, reading it. Yeah, this is where See? No. When we went, and he drops it. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why there's a dude wearing a bikini. Yes, yeah, that's funny. All right. But the second story is called the Muse, yeah. and the Muse. Uh, I I love the fact that he said that. Um, don't don't judge it too harshly. It's supposed to be like a lighthearted uh, amusement. But I thought it was a little deeper it's, than that. It seemed very deep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I thought the outcome was very cute. Mm -hmm. uh, I to me it it. It, it was lighthearted in a way because you weren't so it was it wasn't supposed to be heavy I got that you weren't but at the same time she it was a girl finding beauty in her own body and yes. essentially feeling comfort in herself uh, and that can be very heavy yes but uplifting too so I can see how it, it was a very delicate quick story very delicate. yeah very delicate this is this Christopher James Robinson. He is very handsome. He's old. Yes, we let him do what he wants. He is a grumpy, <laughs> grumpy boy. And that's why he sometimes is called Histoper. 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 Hello. Anyway, oh, I thought. Give him a hug. I, he wants I, his I, hug. He want. He loves his mom. He he just wants hugs. Okay. Okay. All right. So. That's <laughs> so, your reviews of the cat. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but yes, I thought this issue of Laura and other stories um, was really awesome. I, I thought it was a good good little twist for me because I was expecting another more of Laura. And I don't know what to expect next. I don't know if we'll have some more uh, short stories uh, or if we're going to have <laughs> jump back to Laura. Either way, I, I, I'm happy to, to accept either. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and then, okay, Swiss. <laughs> so this is Homesick Pilots. Uh, this is uh, issue 11 of what was supposed to be a five-issue miniseries. But L. Lestrange, after being very annoyed with issue six, has now told me on no uncertain terms this is one of her favorite books ever. She went so far as to tag the writer and artist uh, on her own Twitter account because of how much she liked the issue. Or issues, I suppose. Well, how was issue 11? It was very good. <laughs> <laughs> so, cat hair. Well, my hair. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, 
so Amy is now in control of the house again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We already knew this was coming to pass or whatever uh, from the last issue, however many months ago. And and so um, now she has to stop Meg, which is controlling the uh, nuclear bastard. Right. So, uh, and Meg, we're starting to see that Meg is in, um, this beast that she's controlling just basically believes that, uh, deaths are needed to grow. Meaning how they're I get basically, that. Yeah. they're, well, there people are, are dying and they're using these, the, the ghosts Ghost of these people yeah. that they're, they're killing to basically power up. Mm -hmm. it, it's. Like, it's crazy. I read a description about, I don't know, oh, something about, um, like, Power Ranger effects, you know, kind of thing going on. Um, uh, it's actually and, closer to, a, and, in my, in my uh -huh. mind, it's closer to a Warhammer 40k thing, where to keep the, um, to keep the leader alive, they sacrifice, like, 10,000 souls a day so that he can remain alive on the Golden Throne. I know way too much about dumb shit. Anyway, so, uh, Homesick Pilots, tell yeah. us more. Well, I mean, you could even take the Eternals. Obviously, I was I was going to say the Eternals. <laughs> I wanted to be extra nerdy so that people know I'm a true dork. Thank you. Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you're just saying that you know how she has this mindset and about how you know why are like deaths necessary? You know to feed this greed uh, and the need for power. And you can see how this can represent many things on many levels. <laughs> uh, it does. Yes. Uh, and that's the thing. If no death is necessary, you know, if, if that's the cost, then the reward is tainted. It's, it's not, no. Well, it's always, that's, that's always been a deep philosophical discussion is, you know, are the needs of the want outweigh the needs of the many you know, is one death okay if it saves a million lives? Things like that. It's always a question of moral, um, of your, of your, of your personal moral, uh, moral belief in your, in your compass. It, you know, if somebody says to you, "Look, all you got to do is press a button. One person you've never met before dies, and the world is a better place," but you killed them, would you do it? And that's always been this deep philosophical dilemma of what do you do? Like, pragmatically. Yeah. Yeah, I think but, in a broader discussion, yes, there's there could be a lot of things that could outweigh the other. But I'm just focusing directly on. Yeah, no, I know. Well, that's like what they. Yeah, well, but I know it opens up. A that's lot always been yes, the question. Yes, that's the whole point. Exactly. Um, and so it's getting very heavy, very dark, uh, and then. Something you, you you have, I don't know if others maybe were like me at all, where you just kind of forgot that there's always been a missing ghost. Yeah. Do you remember the missing ghost? I remember you mentioning it. Well, now they're realizing they need that missing ghost. Mm. And we already knew what the item was from the very beginning. Oh, that's cool. We already knew. The MacGuffin was always they, a MacGuffin. They even do a little flashback and about a comment that one of them makes when they first walk into the house. Nice. So, yeah. I thought that was great. I thought I thought it was great that there was that little flashback. It made me feel like an idiot. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> and then you remind me that there was a ghost still. 
This is what Swiss does when he wants dry food, by the way. <laughs> he doesn't really we give these us. We give these asshole cats, like, $300 worth of special high-end protein wet food. But this little bastard, where are my crunchies? I want my crunchies. Right. So is that it for Homesick Pilots? It is not it, but... Is that it for this review? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> Are you ready to try your intro on this? No. Okay. You do it so well. <laughs> I do. We here at The Read Pile have four pillars that we like to refer to as the main pillars of our show. One of them, she doesn't make too many comics, but when she does, we make sure to buy them. There are three others who, at least once a week, we read at least one of their books. Initially, we just sort of noticed we were doing this, but now it's just sort of become fact. And those three pillars that we read pretty much weekly are Colin Bunn, Tom King, and Tom Taylor. What do you have there, Ella Strange? Oh, that's Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow by Tom King. Check. I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if I even say her name right. Is it Ruth or Ruthie? Tom King can correct. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to say Ruth. I'm going to go with Ruth. I'm going to stick with Ruth. And let's go with that. Don't get Ruthie. <laughs> well, it, okay. I ignore her. Anyway. Uh, so, she is, as she has been this entire time, continuing the narration of this whole story. Yeah, we're, we're basically her, seeing the story her from her perspective, yes, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. But She's now, the Amy I don't know if I... I'm just now noticing it, or are we just now getting the hint that this narration is from when she's much, much older? Ah, so this was all happening in the past. So this is like a back when, like just the way she's saying certain things yeah. and, and, and all. So that's what I'm getting. Okay. And Well, we know Tom King loves to mess around with time in his stories. Yeah. And he doesn't make it obvious what time is when and things like that. He loves to play around with timelines. Yeah. Well, it also makes me a little sad because I'm like, is this her story on her deathbed? <laughs> Probably. I mean, that that is always the story of the Kryptonians. I, I am that... used to these stories given I read a lot of Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Immortal beings always have the saddest friends because they're there. At, you know, it, immortal beings, like, uh, you remember in um, uh, Invincible... How Invincible's dad, Omni-Man, was like, you gotta understand, I look at your mother the same way most people look at pets. She's just not gonna live as long as I am. There's no way to go about it. And I've always wondered, like, what is Superman and Supergirl and all these immortal beings, Wonder Woman, what do they look at humans at? Like, oh, well, when you're dead, and it's not gonna be much longer now, <laughs> like, it's always been a question. Uh, well, uh... Basically, uh, in this issue, it it's you can tell that it's becoming much harder for Ruth to handle uh, her anger. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's becoming much, more much, relevant. It's very very tough. Uh, so while Supergirl is away uh, fighting space pirates, <laughs> space space bastards. Not the same. Okay. Uh, anyway, while she's doing her thing up there, uh, uh, Ruth is uh, basically having to watch Krim 
while he's tied up yeah. and everything. And Comet is there to basically watch upon Ruth, but at the same time keep her from killing Vikram. Yeah. <laughs> because if you remember, we still need to know how to fix crypto. <laughs> Uh, and the only person that can really help is Crypto. So, if we go Kim, Crypto will probably will die. Anyway. Isn't uh, it weird how this story, it, you, it started out, it's like, it's it's a Supergirl story. But now it's actually like the Super Pets story? Kind of. I don't know. No, not really. You don't really get from their angle a lot. In this issue, you do get to see more interaction with Comet and Ruth. Where you're like... I just love that Comet's a horse. Yes. And so, Super horse! Yeah. <laughs> and so they have their interaction where the comments like, look, you know, without actually talking, obviously. But, uh... That would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. But, like, like, look, you can't, you can't kill, you know, this guy. <laughs> did, so, did he try to kill him and the horse said, nay? But, but then it comes to a, it comes to a moment where Comet has to decide either staying there to prevent this... Murder? you know, issue from happening or going and saving Supergirl's life. Yeah. And so Comet has to make this decision. And so it's, you, you kind of wonder like where this is going to take a turn. Like, yeah. would she really do that? Yes. You know, it, getting what she thinks would be revenge upon him mm -hmm. by just killing him. Yeah. You know, would that, is that worth sacrificing everything else like everything that Supergirl has done for her this entire time uh, but I mean I do want I, I, I was definitely really really afraid that you know this is going to be like the death of Supergirl or something at some point but then during a narration of when she's supposedly older or whatever yeah. she talks about how um she later, Supergirl later described the battle as, and I'm like, okay, she's fine. <laughs> Being pulled in all directions. She, she's good. <laughs> so yes, it was. It, it definitely was an emotional roller coaster. I loved it. It was insane. I don't know who my pick of the week is though. Mm, you gotta make. You gotta make a choice. You gotta make a pick. Pick your week. Pick of the week. Oh my goodness, in a surprise upset, it is Homesick Pilots 11 getting the pick of the week over Supergirl. Tom yeah. King will be not pleased. Aww. He'll be none too pleased. He'll be fine. <laughs> He'll be fine. He'll He's going to buy another one of his books next week. <laughs> Just one? <laughs> yeah, probably three. Thank you, Ella Strange, for that The Read Pile this week of yours. It is now time for my The Read Pile. And my The Read Pile is about ten books deep. Oh, can I... Yeah. yeah. How many are DC? Well, you, Show me the backs. You can tell the DC ones by the backs of the books if they have this red Batman oh. logo on it. See, I have, a, I have a bit more eclectic taste, I so I don't have that many. I had more. <laughs> yeah, did. All right. Half of Wonder Woman. <laughs> <clears throat> to my pile. First up on the list, we here at the Read Pile have a number of creators that we tend to refer to as our pillars of the show. Uh... Three of such pillars are uh, Colin Bunn, uh, Tom King, and uh, Tom Taylor. And this week's issue, I have Seven Secrets. This is also issue, oh, I was going to say it's issue 11, but it's issue 13 of Seven Secrets by Tom Taylor. 
This is the return of Seven Secrets after a mild hiatus from issue 12. I, I don't even think it was that long of a hiatus, honestly. But, do you remember how the very first issue of Seven Secrets begins? The big twist at the end. 13 issues ago. About how Casper is telling the story, but he's like, hey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that was the twist. I thought that was presented at the beginning. Oh. <laughs> So, Tom Taylor has a great way about his writing, in that he presents you with horrible, awful, terrible things happening to your favoritest of peoples, and you just sort of look at him and go, that's so me! I gotta keep reading, though. Um, so what we're seeing happening with Seven Secrets is all these secrets that have been under lock and key for generations, for millennia, are now becoming exposed left, right, and center. And the Seekers are doing this because they believe that it's been the people hiding the secrets that have been the wrong party this whole time. And you're starting to see that, that delineation, that, that who's right, who's wrong, is really starting to you know, fall away. At the very beginning of the story, you just figured the Seekers were the evil ones because they were attacking the, the, the guys hiding the secrets. But a lot of these secrets are very important information. One such secret is unearthed, and it's box four, and we find out what's inside box four. And when you find out what's inside box four, you go, why wasn't this brought to the attention of the world? Like, this is important-ass shit. Hmm. And, of course, one of the secrets uh, was, you know, a, 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 content, a country destroyer, and all of Switzerland was destroyed. Um... So the secrets are very, very, very powerful and very, very, very important. One of the secrets, of course, was a, uh, a uh, the fairies world where Casper was raised. So you're just starting to wonder, like, what are the other boxes? Like, what are these other secrets? And the further we get into the story, the more terrifying these secrets become. But it also, Tom Taylor makes sure to let you know, hey, don't get too attached, okay? Especially from your neck to your head. Um, but... There's something very, like, intriguing about knowing that this is a doomed character. Like, like every every couple of issues or so, Tom Taylor and team remind you, don't get too comfortable with Casper. He's dead. Trust me. He's dead. We've already seen characters come back from the dead before, though, so now I'm starting to wonder if Casper's, like, super dead, if he's really dead dead. He does make a point to mention, Casper says, he goes, listen, after I die, I don't really have a whole lot more to the story to tell you for obvious reasons. And it's, just, it's one of those moments where you're just like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I'm really enjoying Seven Secrets. There is one little caveat here, one little concern that I have is so much. We know that Tom Taylor signed an exclusive deal with DC Comics that was released. My concern, my wonder is, will Seven Secrets wrap up before Tom Taylor leaves for DC as, you know, being an exclusive DC uh, creator, or is it going to transfer over to maybe another writer, another creator? I don't know. I mean, it just depends on what the contract is. Maybe if it's a story, if it's, it, you, you're just not starting any new stories. Maybe. Maybe, you, like, you can finish projects. Projects, yeah. Obviously, and obviously that's not, already open. not knowing the, the inner workings of the contract and not asking for explanation... Uh, because I, I kind of find that to be a little rude. I mean, if Tom wanted think, to tell us that, that's his prerogative. But I mean, I don't think that he would. I mean, if he felt like there was a story to tell, yeah. more of his in here, yeah. he wouldn't have signed that contract. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's a good point. Like he's, he probably he's, he, he's a pretty smart dude. I'm sure he had the upper hand in this situation, <laughs> so he was probably like, "Nah, listen I'm here, finish this. listen here, jerks. I'm I gave well, you I'm work for you, but I gave you injustice. You know, I'm, I'm running this business. <laughs> I gave you deceased. I'm giving you the best take on Superman in 25 years minimum. I think I know where all the chips are. What are you gonna do? What are you, you're not, what are you gonna do? What are you not gonna want me to do so? I apparently, and we haven't read it, but apparently his run on Nightwing was incredible. We just need to read it. Um, also, uh, we watched Injustice, uh, the animated uh, film from DC, uh, this uh, uh, yesterday, and I had to spend the entire time not blurting out that I knew that Tom Taylor was the writer of the series, and that was first. That was L's first real experience with any Tom Taylor created thing. What'd you think, Al? Real quick. What, what was your review of Injustice? It was fucking amazing. Did you like how all your favorite heroes kept biting it one after the other without a lot of fanfare or justice? I really liked it, but I I knew that there was something there, and I didn't realize <laughs> the connection. <laughs> you can feel it, right? You can feel like, this, this, this feels like it would be a Tom Taylor story. <laughs> so, yeah. That... Uh-oh. What? Oh, no. What happened? I don't know. I just saw it glitch. Oh, it glitched. It's right as you... Alright. Look at you, Oni. You're so sophisticated. So we had a glitch. We're going to do part two in a moment. That sucks. Technology is the worst, but that's why we have the audio recording now. And the audio recording is going to be featured on the WNRN website. And uh, so you can listen to the show all the way through on other platforms now, including Anchor. Hang on. Bear with me a moment. Select all. Yes. Yes. Good. Good. Yes. Things are happening. Things are working. The hell? It won't let me paste. That's weird. <sighs> this is the longest delay we've ever had. I feel bad. All right, copy. Paste. There we go. We'll just put a little P2 next to that for part two. There we go. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Well, that stunk, but we're back, and we're off-center. Eh. Okay, that's just going to have to do it. Screw it. So, sadly, uh, I don't know what happened to Twitter Live there, but technology's a beast. Let's move on. Uh, next up on my The Read Pile is Ben Riley Spider-Man number one. Now, I am a giant Ben Riley fan. I actually have Sensational Spider-Man number one that's got the 3D cover. I love Ben Riley. I love the idea of Ben Riley. I'm a 90s kid, so he is my boy. When I found out Sp uh, Scarlet Spider was getting his own comic, I read that. 
I downloaded the Scarlet Spider suit to play as Spider-Man in Spider-Man, uh, the PS4 Spider-Man. I like Scarlet Spider. But more than Scarlet Spider, I love Ben Riley. I love this suit. I love this version of Spider-Man. I love the idea of Ben Riley Spider-Man because Ben Riley Spider-Man is very much not Peter Parker. He's not sure of himself. He's, he doesn't really know what he's doing most of the time in so much as he knows he's trying to do right, but he's just not good at being a superhero yet because he hasn't really done it as long as Peter has. In canon, this has been five years since he was created. In reality, I think the Spider-Clone saga happened in like the 70s or the 80s. I can't remember. But I love it. I love how he dyes his hair blonde to try and look less like Peter. Um, one of the great interactions uh, very early in this issue is J. Jonah Jameson recognizes him. And he goes, Parker, what are you doing? And he pulls his hood down. He's like, I'm not Peter Parker. I don't know who you're talking about. And he goes, you're clearly Peter Parker. You just dyed your hair. It's really obvious. And he looks him dead in the eye and goes, I am not Peter Parker. And like J. Jonah Jameson is like, okay, so that's definitely not Peter Parker. And that's how different Ben Riley is from Peter. Now, Ben is still a clone. He still has all Peter's powers and Peter's memories. But he, along with another character that I'm really into right now, are not really the punchy-kicky kind of superheroes anymore. They're trying to be realistic with their powers and abilities. and So, so more like a, a detective. And, and no, no, more like, more like someone like, who cares. Oh, like like okay. an actual person. I didn't know if he was like still going out and investigating issues and stuff. Or... Absolutely, but he's okay. not going in there. He's not. He's very not Batman. So like some of Batman's favorite, like some of your favorite memories of Batman are like that time where he's on the swing set with Ace when Ace dies, right? Yeah. And the time where he sings uh, a lullaby to uh, who was it, Cersei, right? When he gets yeah. when uh, Wonder Woman gets turned into a pig or something like that. Yeah. Some of your favorite Batman moments ever are when Batman isn't beating the ever-loving piss out of some mentally ill person, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Ben Riley comes across his first villain is this guy Carrion, who I didn't know who he was. But instead of just trying to like punch him in the face as hard as he could, he recognizes, I could beat this guy's ass if I wanted to, but he's supposed to be getting mental help right now. Like He's supposed to be getting better. What caused him not to get better? And he sits down and he talks with him. And the guy is just devastated by the loss of his mother. He's in prison. His mom died from a stroke. He wasn't there to be with her. She died. And his evil side, this guy Carrion, just showed up to rescue the guy who's dealing with grief. Mm -hmm. And so he's not going around killing all these uh, cops or anything. He's just going around trying to deal with his grief. And by dealing with his grief, he is inadvertently causing pain. And Ben sits him down and talks to him. Yeah. And this is, feels like, maybe I'm wrong, I mean, it's, it's uh, I think it's J.D. DeMatteis, J.M. DeMatteis, yeah, J.M. DeMatteis, who I've read a lot of his stuff, it feels like this is going to be a much more visceral, psychological Spider-Man, and I'm in for it! I'm tired of superhero comics being the same ten books over and over again, it is frustrating. Uh, the person who was checking us out at the comic book store asked me why I wasn't interested in reading Batman Night. Uh, or Batman The Night, and when I said, well, what kind of story is it? She said, oh, it's a Batman Year One story, and I said, I'm good. Because I'm 40 years old, and I've read a lot of Batman Year One stories. I don't need any more. The next movie that comes out is going to be another Batman Year One story. I'm good. I told you before, and I'll tell you again, if I have to watch the Waynes die one more effing time, I'm going to scream. So Ben Riley Spider-Man, it's called The Humanity Agenda, part one of five. I'm absolutely in for at least these first five issues. We'll see where the story goes, but I loved it. Great first issue. And now for something completely different. <laughs> Animal Castle! This is issue two. I feel like you just 
read this. I may, I was told that issue one. I think it was last week that I read it. That issue one was it, it debuted was, that week. Maybe that maybe maybe it was delayed. Because, you know, Ablaze Publishing, they're not the biggest publisher in the world. But doing it weekly would be a lot. Doing it weekly would be very much. So maybe what happened was issue one maybe got, like, delayed, and it, it showed up, like, three weeks late, and now issue two showed up on time? I don't know. Anyway, I'm really digging this. Of course, this is uh, Animal Farm, but set a little differently uh, in a castle as opposed to on a farm. It's been very interesting. I do have one gripe, though, and I feel it's a pretty valid gripe. There is so much story being told here and the art is so good but the lettering gets really lost i showed this to ella strange i'm going to show you at home let me see if i can you can't even zoom in enough on the camera the lettering is so tiny and if it was any other book i'm not kidding if it was any other book that level of super tiny writing would have caused me to close the book and throw it away and take it off my read pile it's just a very good story though so i'm willing to look past it but it is unfortunate. There is so much story being told, and you get so much bang for your buck in these issues. But man, that is that is a frustrating thing. So this is a three ninety nine comic, and it it's very well done. It's very good. I like it a lot. But man, that is a frustrating, frustrating thing. Does it? Does the font get small like that for particular characters? No. Nope. Or no, I think it's just a small. Uh, I think it's just a like a like a two or three man show. Print error. And maybe, well, like maybe they, they shrunk the, it down too much. Yeah, and the writer and the artist are doing everything they can to, you know, get their product out there. I, I like, you know, we know that Ablaze is a small company, but it's did it did great with Gillian March. We've read a lot of Ablaze stuff. We're big fans of Ablaze. I just think in this particular circumstance, I think they the paneling got away from the maybe the creators, and they created a panel that was just way too small. They could have maybe taken away some panels from the other parts of the story because there's a couple of big splash pages. Again, I really like this book. It is absolutely not going off my read pile. I want more of this story. I want to see where it goes. Yeah, just hoping that doesn't continue. Yeah, it was very frustrating. But it didn't do enough to make me, you know, want to throw the book away. It was just like, uh, and I had to, like, really hold the book up to my face. I was in a lot of pain yesterday because I pulled my back. And that, it took me out of the story. Now, that said... Still a great issue, still really interesting stuff happening, still more concerned about Mrs. B and the kittens, and uh, the rabbit, who basically he's a gigolo, and he's now decided that he's going to look after the kittens. Well, yeah, he's, he's the only male rabbit, so like... Oh my. So, he, oh, he literally has a line of female rabbits like waiting outside for him, that's his job. Like He's like, I have my clients, I must go attend to. Um, so he feels like, it's like, it's, it's like, if you ever watch any Kevin Klein movie, the rabbit is Kevin Klein. It's, it's fabulous. I really like Animal Castle, but I do have to comment on the fact that the, the, the lettering on here is not what it could have been. Just disappointing. Mm. But, doesn't mean it's a bad book. Mm. We here at the Read Pile have three particular creators. Four technically, but she doesn't make a whole lot. And five, if you count our one, uh, artist, uh, uh stalwart. Derek Robertson, Derek, we love you, uh, that we follow and read pretty much every single book that they have, or at least once a week. Initially, this started as a joke, but over time, it's become the reality. And those three creators are Colin Bunn, Tom King, and Tom Taylor. On my read pile this week is Heathens, Issue 3, by Colin Bunn. Our supernatural super suicide squad, uh, or as uh, I'm going to quote the uh, tweet back here, uh, because, uh, first of all, I don't know why I wasn't quoted, all right, because I said the same damn thing, but whatever. 
He can only be quoted so many times. I mean, honestly, I think, I think they read my quotes are like, all right, Rick, they, we're not putting you in every fucking book. And I feel like that's fair. <laughs> um, but the tweet back here is, anyone ever see a show in the 90s called Brimstone? One of my favoriteest shows ever. That's a true story. I loved Brimstone. Uh, this is so much better. Instead of one damn soul sent to hell to for getting you know, a bunch of escapees back, he, uh, we get a team of historic, history's most prolific killers. Yeah! I mentioned that in issue one. I mentioned that in issue two. Issue three, we actually really get to find out more about what's going on. We get to see um, how uh, the um, Jack the Ripper character is infiltrating society and how he, he's got this like hold over regular day people. There's a cult of Jack the Rippers. They're basically gathering up all the prostitutes or ne'er-do-wells in L.A. and taking them into a, a warehouse and cutting them up like Jack the Ripper cut up prostitutes that we know about. Uh, we're also seeing the characters sort of evolving, um, how Billy the Kid is going back into his gunslinging ways, but he's doing it to try and protect uh, people. Um, everything about this book is very, very fun. But it's also, for history nerds like me, it's... It's awesome. Like, I get to read about society's greatest killers and all this other stuff. They're trying to redeem themselves. And there's this great line about the Pirate Queen where she's just furious that Stalin is making her not kill people because she has to be a good person. And the idea that Joseph Stalin is like the, the um, Charlie of the Charlie's Angels, it's just, it makes me laugh every single time. I love it. Now hold up, hold up. That's not what we're doing today. It broke again! <laughs> This is terrible. I don't know what's happening. Is it internet connection? No, it's just my phone. Can we do this to the Kindle next time? No, I don't know. I don't know why it's, I don't know why I'm having such issues. I do want a laptop. And I found a refurbished one for like $150. Oh, it's not working. Well, this is just frustrating and I'm sorry. That's the third time my phone has just glitched out. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to power through my reviews real quick, though, because it's unfortunate, but we're just going to have to get this done. Uh, King Shark Suicide Squad. Uh, so Suicide Squad King Shark 5 of 6. Uh, this is from Tim Seeley. This is the ultimate, the penultimate issue of the series, and also it is uh, the final fight in the uh, uh, the battle royale. Of... I just want to see the cover. I didn't see it before. Yeah. Um, so we've got uh, the king of, uh, the human king and the shark king, mm -hmm. and... King Shark is so great because the whole issue, he's just sad because in the last issue his dad was killed saving his life and he's trying to find a reason to fight and DeFacer and him finally have a really great heart to heart where DeFacer realizes that she's been the toxic part of the relationship in every relationship she's been a part of. Even in the relationship that she had with Nightwing, she was the toxic part of it and she wants King Shark to basically eat her or disown her or something. And King Shark sort of looks at her and says... I liked you as a person. I never liked you because you were like me. I liked you because of other reasons. And you get to see King Shark and DeFacer finally become like this great team. King Shark rises up. 
He gets the dub, but he was always going to get the dub because it's called King Shark, so he sort of knew that was happening. But there is a crazy twist at the end, which sets up a really insane issue six, and I'm not really sure what to make of it yet, except that it's going to be disgusting, and I can't wait. Tim, wow. Yeah, Tim Seeley absolutely is delivering 100% on King Shark. I know he's got another book coming out, or it just debuted, and I feel like kind of a lose for not picking that up, but I've been so enjoying this. It's also made me want to check out the next Suicide Squad series that's coming out, that's in here, I think it's called Suicide Squad Blaze? Uh, yeah, and it's going to be by Simon Spurrier, who I also enjoy, but it features King Shark, Harley Quinn, um, definitely Peacemaker, and I'm not sure who that is, maybe Captain Boomerang, I can't really tell. Yeah, it's definitely Captain Boomerang. Yeah, that's what I Yeah, so... I love this book. Um, so you remember Tim Seeley did uh, an Aftershock comic that only got four issues, and I thought I was going to get more, mm. uh, called the, Bequ the Bequest. This feels more like the Tim Seeley book than I'm used to. Like, it's much more paced. The pacing is so great. The character development between King Shark and Defacer is hilarious. I love the idea of the uh, human king and what happens to him. Very, 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 very good. I will be sad when issue six shows up because it's going to be the end of that series. I hope Tim Seeley gets more King Shark work. I would very much like to see Tim Seeley writing more King Shark. And Orca, by the way. Orca needs more love. She is a great character. All right. Final issue, Maw, Ma. issue five. Well. It was, it was, it was an issue five. It was, it was the last issue. Um, hmm. I, f I thought it was fine. It just... It, it, flat. It, it, it landed flat. The ending was the ending was the ending. Okay. You don't really learn... You, well, no, that's not true. You learn a shit ton. You learn a lot. Don't get me wrong. You I, learn, I, I felt like you were learning a lot. Yeah, that, but the final issue was... The final issue, she, you know, finally sort of transforms into this weird creature that she's been becoming. You learn about where the power came from, and ultimately it is about women, you know, the empowerment of a, of a woman, of women in general, who have been horribly marred by men in our society. And that's the book I was reading. I just, I don't know. It's one of those things where I like, well, what did I think was going to happen? Like she returns to the ocean. The ocean of course is the mother of all life. She becomes part of that. We get to see once and for all what the Island that they've been doing all this crazy stuff looks like. It's the final shot of the book. You sort of get the idea of where the, where the term ma comes from. Because if you don't know, ma is like a gaping, Mouth. It's like a megalodon would have a maw. Uh, a whale has a maw. Or your mom. Your ma. I really dug this series, but as with a lot of issues, I feel like the previous issue, the, the issue four, the issue five, you know, the final issue is never all, is almost never that great. So every woman that was coming to this island was traumatized. Yes. And, and, and so. Basically, this was just the healing process yes. of and in, this particular woman, but it seems like you know, well, all these women were going through this. But it wasn't a healing process. They deliberately turned her into this monster so that she could exact revenge on the men that hurt her. Okay. So the idea was like it was supposed to be like that, yeah. but for her in particular, they decided She's going to, to, deal the to pain. take her pain. Right. And, and amplify it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So all these other women are using her to feel, so that she can get vengeance for them too. Like, it's almost like they, they created her so that she could be the mother of vengeance, as it were. 
there's a lot of tropes and a lot of things that I really, really, really dug about the book. Mm -hmm. I loved the art. I loved the story. I just felt that issue five, I wanted more. And maybe that's the problem. I, I was very disappointed. Like, okay, I guess it's over. That's probably how I feel more, more than anything. It was like, I've been really enjoying this and I want to learn more about it. Hopefully there's a volume two or maybe that's just the story I get. In which case, that's fine. But I loved it. I was just a little sad that it was issue five. Okay, we got another silver coin. Okay, it's a silver coin. Okay, bye. Are we getting any more no. information no. of the backstory connection? No, no we're between... back to them just being anthology issues. Very good anthology issue. Like what Matthew Rosenberg did here. Are you frustrated because... Oh my God, really? Really, Swiss? Are, so are you frustrated because they're not going back? To yes. the background story. Yeah, I want to know so what the silver coin is. you're happy with these stories. You would have been absolutely happy if they just would have continued as these, as these individual stories. Yeah, one Never shots. done a connection. You would yep. not be upset right now. Right. Okay. I probably wouldn't have continued with the story, either, with the series either. Because you, I was promised. Yeah. I was promised there was going to be a connection. There's no connection. It's The silver coin shows up. Everyone loses their fucking minds. Some crazy shit happens. The guy who has the silver coin at the beginning of the issue is dead. That's every single issue of the Silver Coin. And again, they're anthology books, and I'm happy about that. I think the writing is great. I think the art is fabulous. What the hell is the point of me reading this every month? And it's just as frustrating with every other comic. I'm not I'm not naming names. I don't think it's a bad book. I just I don't understand what the point of it is. It's like you with Inkblot. Yeah. <laughs> now, it, now it's to that end, is Silver Coin making me happy? Yes, it makes me happy to read it. I am disappointed, though, that there is no continual storyline, and it's frustrating. And again, had I not been, you know, sold a bag of goods on it, I probably wouldn't care as much. But there's been two or three issues that have interconnected. It's a lot like the first season of Black Mirror, where occasionally episodes would sort of interconnect, but they didn't, but they kind of did. Yeah. Anyway, I'm moving on before the phone dies again. Crimson Cage, issue two. It's absolutely Macbeth. It is absolutely Macbeth. There is no getting around it anymore. It is 100% Macbeth, set in the world of pro wrestling. And it's making you very happy. Oh, put it in my goddamn veins, baby doll. Oh, I might get, I might have to get a tattoo or two from this. Look, look at the, look at this gore. Look at this gore. Look at this gore. And and the fact that the fact that the king is dead and that Lady Macbeth specifically sees the blood on her hands, which is a very uh, emotional moment in the in the story of Macbeth. Out, out, damn spot. I can't wait for that to come out. That that line has to be in this book somewhere. The fact that it's all set in the world of pro wrestling is so great. The fact that uh, we get um, a big uh, reveal of, um, I want to say that is Terry Gordy, uh, or it looks like Terry Gordy, I'm not sure, but that's very clearly a, a, an amalgamation of a couple of different pro wrestlers like Terry Funk and Bam Bam Gordy. The same way that um, Van Diamond was uh, an amalgamation of Ric Flair and a couple of other characters. This is my shit. This is my bag. This is an early frontrunner for best comic of 2022. Because it is written for me perfectly. Specifically. But it's not your pick of the week, so what was wrong? That's a really good point. <laughs> well, because I already know the story. Okay. I, like, even though you don't know 
all these characters right. yet you I, know the characters. I know the characters. <laughs> I know who Macbeth is. I know who Lady Macbeth is. You're like, I well, know there's the only sisters. one way this is going to end up. Uh, yes. <laughs> but so that was the difference between this and Grendel, Kentucky. Grendel, Kentucky, I was not terribly sure who the major players were. I just figured out it was about, the, it was Beowulf, and I didn't really know where the story was going. It took you longer to figure that one out. It did. It took me two issues. With Crimson Cage, I knew it, I knew it as soon as I saw the Weird Sisters. I went, oh, fuck, this is Macbeth. Because the Weird Sisters well, are the Weird Sisters. They you're also, only... you were going into this, already read. Yeah, Grendel, Kentucky, <laughs> yeah, and because, knowing that so you already knew AWA like, does this kind of shit. writing. Yeah. Yeah. My Date with Monsters, issue three. The reason why this is not my pick of the week is okay. it's the middle of the series. Ah, okay, yeah. And it's not even an issue four. No, no, no. We get amazing cool shit, though. Like, this is a great issue. We also get to see um, that um, Risa's daughter is choking to death because her hair has been captured by that other demon. So, um, uh, Croak has to show up and immediately shaves her head. And by shaving her head, she's able to breathe again. There's so many cool moments in this book. Uh, we, I really enjoy my day with monsters. It is certainly not what I thought it was going in. And it is so fun. There is wholesale murder of the Risa facility. So now all the people who are trying to be training to be Risa's love interest are all dead, except for like two. Um, there is endless wholesale murder and death. And of course, there's really bad dates. Risa goes on a couple of really annoying dates. I don't know how to review this book anymore without basically just saying, why aren't you reading it? <laughs> it's just, it's a very fun, very intriguing concept of love and death and the idea of nightmares and how we could bridge worlds. I, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm saying the same 10 things over and over again when I talk about my date with monsters, but it's really good. And I don't know how better else to explain it. Croak is becoming one of my favorite. He's like, so Croak is basically the thing. If the thing's answer to destroying monsters was literally just devouring them, mm -hmm. because that's what it was. Like. So Croak is like Kirby. You remember from Kirby's Dream World? And he swallows everything. He doesn't gain their powers, but he eats them. Mm -hmm. And that's how he deals with these nightmare creatures. Now, you're saying it's, it's about halfway. I would say. I would say. Okay. Maybe a little more. So I don't, if that's the case... But we know so, with Aftershock Comics, it's probably going to five or six issues. Yeah. Okay, but either way, like even with that in mind, by issue three, would there be more progression and like... That's a fair question. One way or the other. That's a fair question. You're, you're giving the same review each time. Not that they're bad. Right. But where's they're the progression? They're good. They're positive. Yeah. But if it's a shorter one, shouldn't she be like, well, that's maybe sort of, found a love interest? Well, maybe so, there'll be a twist at the end or something with it. But, you know, like. To your point. With, to your point. There's actually a moment in here where she realizes she's tired of dating men and she might actually want to start dating women now. Okay. Like, which is a running gag of the entire story. I think what's happening is with the death of the Risa Training Institute, we are forcing the storyline forward exponentially. Like, the story, of course, is that Risa has to fall in love so that her daughter can finally find peace, so that her mind can close the nightmare gap, which the nightmare, you know, the nightmares come through her mind, well, come through everyone's mind, but mm -hmm. she's the reason why they, they were bridged to begin with. Yeah. So, yes, by, by getting rid of, by taking all of the candidates for Reese's, uh, 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 you know, love interest down to essentially three, we're exponentially moving the storyline forward. So that's a good point. You kind of, I didn't even think of that until you mentioned it. Yeah. So maybe we're only going to get four issues. Because I can see you yeah. starting to complain. Maybe, maybe, maybe the next issue. It's hard to like complain being, because... Like, being next issue, having to be a four, 
and you always give him the same. Well, magic. Chubb, Chubb. I think the next issue is going to say a lot for you. That's fine because Chubb, the main villain right now, the the uh -huh. crazy demon monster who's killing everybody. Um, they're tracking Chubb. Chubb is getting like. Apparently the dog is able to like sniff Chubb out and is like stopping. There's a lot of very good points that you're making here about the issue four that's coming. Mm -hmm. Regardless, I'm on board and I love Croak. Yeah. So this is kind of a a quiet issue in a way. In a way. No. 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 This is a very loud issue. Okay. okay. It's just. A lot of loud stuff that it was already loud in the second issue. Well, it's a lot of things where I just sort of went, yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah, that's gonna that's that's gonna happen. That's yeah. good. That's gonna happen. Yeah. Not quite my pick of the week. Okay. I don't think I have any choice anymore. I think it's always just gonna be my pick of the week at this point. Yeah. You wanna? We here at the Read Pile have three <laughs> specific artists and writers that we tend to follow. Every week we read at least one of their books. Uh, it started out as a joke, but now it's just the simple reality. And Swiss is here to assist. Thank you for your goober, Swiss. Those three creators are, uh, if you could, uh, Colin Bunn, uh, Tom King, and Tom Taylor. As you can see, we hit all three check marks this week, but there's a fourth check mark, and it's my pick of the week, and it's Superman by Tom Taylor, Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue seven. I'm pretty confident we're seven of seven, and here's the reason why, and I said it in issue six, too. Tom Taylor has made me care about Superman made me honestly give a shit about a character. I'm the Batman guy. Can you grab my Batman piggy bank? I need you guys to see how much of a Batman nerd I am. Yeah, yeah, just grab it. It's fine. It's fine. Here we go. I've had this piggy bank for over 10 years. Actually, I've had this piggy bank before I'd known you, so over 15 years. I might have had this piggy bank for 20 years at this point. Thank you. It's not worth anything. It's just my piggy bank. But I love Batman. So when Superman, Man of uh, Superman, Son of Kal El came out, I figured I'd give it a whirl. What's the worst that can happen? I'm a big fan of Tom Taylor. It could be a good story. It's not just a good story. It's a heart. It's a hearty, heartfelt story, and it relates back to um, Ben Riley Spider Man, and the book uh, that I can't think of off the top of my head that you had reviewed about how the characters are like much more trying to solve things without punchy, kicky stuff. You, had, it was in your review. I can't remember now because I said, hey, I got a book like that too. In this issue, we get to see um, Clark, uh, uh, John realize that he's not going to save everyone. And I don't think John even realizes it, but we start off after something horrible has happened. And we see photos of John Kent in what appears to be a uh, uh, washed-out metropolis street. The truth is uh, the magazine, the internet magazine that his boyfriend is a part of, I guess he's boyfriend. They meant they sort of they're sort of you know like tiptoeing around that, but I think we could say boyfriend. And we find out his name by the way in uh, the truth because everyone wears a mask at the truth because you don't go by your real name. His name is Gossamer, which is a really hilarious uh, thing if you know the story about the Gossamer and Gossamer dog and things like that. I thought that was great. But we get to see not just Superman be a a man who is of the people and wants to succeed. We get to see him fail, and. There's something incredibly humanizing about this character. He's the son of Clark Kent. He's the son of Kal-El. He is a god among us. He's also human, because his mother is Lois Lane, of course. But what makes humans human so much is failing. When we fail, we learn. We're able to gain knowledge through failure. And that is what makes humanity so good. And by instilling that into Clark's son, John Kent, 
the failure, the human, you know, we're making him more human. He's still a god. So my biggest problem with Batman stories is I'm tired of Batman always winning. My biggest problem with Superman stories is he could fight the sun. In fact, one of his villains is a rogue sun. It's a true story. There's a rogue sun that Superman punches. He beats a sun, a star. Anyway, so the idea that Superman can be human mm -hmm. is so new and interesting to me. And I love it. I've given a longer review, but I don't know how much longer this feed's going to hold up. So we're just going to power through the end. I apologize that it's not a longer review, but I will talk to anyone about it. My pick of the week is Superman, Son of Kal-El, Issue 7 by Tom Taylor. L's pick of the week is Homesick Pilots 11. These were... Uh, we spent a lot of money this week on comics, but I got to tell you, there was no clunkers. I didn't, I didn't throw any books down. I didn't get annoyed at anything. I loved every issue. Yeah, I was very happy. It is a very annoying time to be a comic book fan right now because you're going to have to need a lot of money because there's a ton of great books out there. Want to apologize for the weird feed issues. I don't know what happened. Twitter's a bitch. We'll just go with that. Uh, we will be up on the WNRN. You can hear the audio version of our cast. Uh, we had last week's audio come up, and it uh, had like uh, 50 or 60 downloads, so thank you for that. That'll be up on the WNRN. If you want to follow them, go to at the WNRN. And of course, we always end every episode by reminding you, please go visit Elle's uh, blog on Instagram. We do the show to prove a number of points, one of which is Elle is an MS patient and a medical marijuana advocate. And she wants everyone to know that just because her diagnosis is now increased to POTS, her life doesn't end. Things are tough. We're doing what we can. But she's here. And she's our warrior. And we're Yay. proud of her. And she has a cat. I, I got Oh, I have a lot of cats. A lot of cats. I have a lot of cats. Before we go, we did add a sticker to the sticker wall. This is from Dap Sports. He's a very Dap gentleman, so thank you, Dap Sports. I participated in an event of theirs uh, recently, and along with uh, the cards that I won, they're worth nothing. They did send us a sticker, so I wanted to give them props. If you want to send us stickers, they're going on the wall. Same for Haven of Heroes, Eric Palicki, our sister show, The Indie Cast, which actually has a new logo now that I think about it. Uh, Mad Cave, Bountiful Garden, of course, our good friends, the Space Bastards, uh, AJ Schumacher, Glurk and Bo at BG Comics. Thank you all so much for watching. We will be back next week, hopefully with a better feed. Until then, say goodbye, Al. Bye, Al. That sucked. Sorry about that. Anyway, at least you guys got to hear the whole thing. Any parting words for the world of the internet on the video, L? Um, Swiss would like to thank you for your, you know, viewing. <laughs> for your audio viewing? <laughs> your audio viewing. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week.